Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. It is Thursday, December 15th, 2022, 10 days from Christmas, and just three days from my 30th birthday. Retroactively, I turned 30 on Monday. Thank you for your well wishes. I can hear them all the way from here. Um, Yeah, 30 years old. It's amazing that I first met some of you who are listening to this podcast when I was 23, that's when I started on WEI, Kirk and Callahan. And I feel like WEI, now Odyssey, has been such a big part of my 20s, or now I should say was such a big part of my 20s, now that I am in my 30s. Um, I've worked here in some capacity for most of my working life. Really, uh, I started EEI full-time in January of 2017. I left in summer 2019 for a brief period, and then I came back in this role in March of 21, and here I am today, one and a half years later. So yeah, pretty pretty funny when you think of it in that way, but one thing I did tweet and one thing that I would like to say about turning 30, and this is maybe a bit schmaltzy, but bear with me for five seconds. It's my 30th. It's a time to be reflective. Um, as I've aged, I learned I've learned that the most important thing in life is surrounding yourself with a great community. I used to think it was professional aspirations. I used to think it was what you could accomplish on the radio or how many reads a certain column gets. And that stuff is all important and it's good. And it's great to want to strive, uh, you know, to achieve to achieve success professionally. But uh, you can't have that get in the way of everything else, including uh, building your own community and your own personal happiness. So that's a lesson that I've learned. I think I've built a great one, friends, family. And uh, on that note, I want to say a few words here at the top about a couple changes made at WEI. Um, Lou Merloni, Mike Manansky leaving the station as full-time hosts. Um, you know, one thing about Mutt, I will say, is I worked with him uh, so many times during my first run at the station on the morning show, nights, we filling in, doing whatever. Um You know, in a business full of backstabbers and weirdos, Mutt is a genuinely good guy. So great, so easy to work with, and just so nice. You know, always just friendly, a positive demeanor. And as I said, just a pleasure to just a pleasure to work with. Whenever you were working with Mutt, you knew it would be a nice, easy, good time. And I'd walk away from the studio feeling good about myself, which is the best thing you can say about working with somebody. Um, You know, and even in the years since, he's always helped me with a quote. If I need something for the media column, he used to come on my CBS overnight radio show when I filled in doing that uh, during 20 and 21. 
He did this podcast a few months ago as well. Whenever I asked him, Mutt always made it happen. Great guy who everyone likes. And as a result, he's made so many connections in this city, in this business. I think he'll be fine. I look forward to keeping in touch and seeing what he does next. So yeah, just want to say a word or a minute or two about the Mutt man there. But now moving on to our matters here, our matters of the day on the sports media mayhem. It sounded like mayhem at times in the Monday night booth with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, because I think Aikman was ready to charge down to the field and take care of Matt Patricia himself. I mean, I really do. I mean, when was the last time that you heard a national broadcaster lay into the Patriots like Troy Aikman did on Monday night? Now, on last week's show, I spent some time talking about miserable Hal Michaels and how he just the disdain that he had in his voice for the Patriots and mismanaging their timeouts at the end of that first half, basically giving up in the second half, just the amount of disdain that Al Michaels had for what he was seeing on the field was quite palpable. Um, But Aikman was more upfront. I mean, Aikman laid right into the Patriots at the start of the game and then never really relented. Uh, The highlight here was early in the third quarter where the Patriots, shockingly, couldn't get the play in. They're forced to call timeout. Mac Jones screams the F word on his way back to the bench, much like he screamed the F word last week, telling Patricia, or nobody in particular, but I think Patricia, throw the F and ball, short game F and sucks. Well, F bomb again for Mac Jones on Monday Night Football this week after the Patriots couldn't get the play in on time. And then Joe Buck coming in for break. Says, you talked about the, says the frustration bubbling up again for Mac Jones, hard to blame him. And then Aikman says, I certainly get it. You've got to believe the plays are coming in. They've had to delay a game as quickly as you would like. Being an offensive coordinator is a tough job. In fact, I've always felt it's the hardest job on any staff, Aikman said. It's more than just calling plays. Part of it is getting a group of players to buy in. And you can tell the confidence is waning, especially with this young quarterback. That's pretty black and white right there. Troy Aikman saying on Monday Night Football that Matt Patricia is failing at being an offensive coordinator slash offensive play caller. It's the hardest job on any staff, Aikman says. And you can tell the confidence is waning especially with this young quarterback. And they don't blame him. They don't blame him. I mean, what a turn of events this has been. Because Bill Belichick, and rightfully so, always gets the benefit of the doubt on these national broadcasts, even in 2020 and 2021, when the Patriots were limping through, struggling against good competition. You know, many of the same things that we're seeing repeat themselves this season Belichick still had that mystique, that, that mystique and aura. He still did. Even with, you know, noodle arm Cam Newton, who can't even throw the balls five yards down the field. Even with Newton at the end of that dismal COVID 2020 season, Belichick still had that mystique and aura. But now, three years post Brady, the Patriots still limping along around 500, middle of the pack. It's all gone. And if you want your definitive proof of that, go back and listen to the commentary from Troy Aikman on Monday night. 
everybody's catching up. The Patriots are the Patriots in name only at this point. Last Thursday against Buffalo, fumbling their timeouts at the end of the first half. Al Michaels, so disgusted, called it very un-New England-like. And then at the end of the first half, Monday night, Mac Jones, a 30-yard strike to Hunter Henry. So naturally, what does Patricia call next? A failed run up the middle, a delayed handoff. The uninspired play resulted in an uninspired effort as Mac Jones and rookie running back Kevin Harris fumbled the exchange. Patriots lost yards on the play. Then their only option was to kick a field goal. And Joe Buck says, odd play, odd play call. <laughs> Just like exactly, exactly how he would dismiss something that Cliff Kingsbury did on the other side. Because the Patriots right now, yeah, they're a better operation than the Cardinals. But look at the quarterbacks they've beaten this year. I mean, Kyler Murray got hurt, third play of the game, torn ACL. So you beat a 37-year-old Colt McCoy, Sam Ellinger, Zach Wilson twice, Mitch Trubisky, Jacoby Brissett, the, uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the only starting quarterback who the Patriots have beaten this year. And I'm not sure if they would beat Jared Goff if they got him this time, if they got him this month, because the Lions are hot now, and they're on the outside of the NFC playoff picture looking in. But really, they're the Patriots in name only. And when everybody is saying something, and I mean everybody, you know it must be true. Ex-quarterbacks who watched this offense are offended. Pun kind of intended. Uh, Kurt Warner saying last week he'd be bored to death playing quarterback here. Uh, Peyton Manning had his Manning cast on Monday night as Troy Aikman was laying into Matt Patricia and Buck was making snide remarks about the Patriots play calling. Aikman was throwing up his hands in exasperation when Mac Jones and Kevin Harris fumbled that handoff exchange. You know, it's too bad we won't get another Tony Romo game. I think Romo called one game this year. It was that Packers game when Mac Jones got hurt and Zappi came in and the Patriots took them to overtime. But I'd be very curious, maybe against the Dolphins, Bills down the stretch here, if there are playoff implications for the Patriots. I'd be very curious to have uh, Tony Romo on another call just to see what he would say about this sad, despondent, jumbled offense. And there's no lying. We've seen it. On primetime, two straight weeks, Mac Jones exploding, exploding. At Matt Patricia, at Joe Judge, at whomever on the Patriots staff. F-bombs left and right. He's a 23, 24-year-old quarterback, and he's doing this. And everybody notices because these blowups are happening on national TV. It may still seem like an antiquated concept with red zone and streaming and social media. What's the difference? Everybody sees everything anyway. Well, yes and no. Yes, everybody sees everything anyway, but everybody doesn't see everything unfolding in real time. And there still is no audience quite like the Sunday night football, Monday night football, primetime audience. It's on ESPN, so they're going to set the agenda for the rest of their week with those moments. A lot of these national analysts 
That's all they can watch the national games and they get highlights elsewhere. So there are two indelible images of Mac Jones and the Patriots offense this season are effing throw the ball short game effing sucks and him screaming the F word after the Patriots couldn't get a play in at the start of the third quarter Monday night. Those are the indelible images of this Patriots season so far. And they happened on prime time.